Leading off with a big story of the day, here's The Drive. Shaking your head already? I mean, that's my stupid. No, I was, I was laughing at something Drew uh, just pointed out on the TV. Now we're thinking about fractions of time and seconds and what it is, because a very astute listener just pointed out. We were erroneous. Ah, no, man. What he's saying is it's only zero in the NFL, and you don't need fractions of seconds because... The clock doesn't say zero until it's actually zero. Zero. Yeah. Yes. So we were saying... If it's, if it's 1.9 seconds left, the clock would say one second. Therefore, right. the, the review or replay couldn't happen. The texter said, no, it's two seconds until it gets to one second. Not 1.1 seconds. 1.0 seconds is when it, the clock would shift to one. So to the texter's point, he's correct with his clock thoughts. Okay. All right. The rule's still stupid. Real so stupid. But he corrected our erroneous seconds. Yeah, yeah, I, I see. So what I guess saying. to simplify, it takes one full second for the clock to stop. I guess so, but then you still should be able to review something if there's one second, because one second represents point nine, point eight, point seven, point six, point five, point four, point three, point two, point one, mm-hmm. all which are measures of time. Mm-hmm. But the one represents all of those. Yes, and it's not until. 0.1 goes to 0.0, does the clock actually show zero? Then why is there a rule with snapping the ball that the referee gets to look up, look at the ball, then look back up to see if there's zero on the clock on the play clock? That one is a... <laughs> That's a quirky It's a ridiculous too, right? explanation. What it should be is there should be a big red lights, and when it hits zero, it's like, dang, dang. Now... Like zero. That could be if distracting the ball- if they get it off in time, though. Okay. It's, hey, man, it's, it's really interesting in this $19 billion a year industry. There's just little... I guess I kind of love it. There's still little nuances and little... Um, you know, I was just joking around, sort of, like, well, then there must be some sort of time limit on a snap because you can't just pick the ball up. Like, when does it start? When does the clock start? And we, we more or less agreed when the ball moves. Well, you could move a ball slowly. You mm-hmm. could just pick it up in slow motion and just keep. You don't have to, you don't have to crouch over. Now, you might get killed because as soon as, <laughs> right. as, soon as the ball snapped. I'm, I'm teeing off on you. you, can, you so it wouldn't make a lot of sense to do that. But I do wonder if there's some sort of like. A snap has to happen in a certain amount of time. You're a baseball purist. Is that okay to say? I uh, uh, that has a bad connotation. I'm a, um, a new age baseball enthusiast. New age baseball. I, uh, here's who I am. I say for every sport, it should be played as if it was invented yesterday. Okay, so considering that that they have uh, robotic umpiring now, uh, they're getting there. Thank God, they're doing it in some minor leagues. Bring it, bring it all the way to Major League Baseball. Who's the possible. awful ump? Uh, Angel, Angel some, Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. Yeah. So this guy still gets to continue to blow calls every time he's out there on the field. The, the force and the union is both strong with Major League umpires. Okay. So based off of your, as if the sport was invented yesterday, you'd be cool for baseball to eliminate on the field umpires. 
Um, well, somebody needs to be able to throw the balls to the pitcher. Okay. So, but you could have a designated ball thrower to the pitcher. That right. that'd be fine. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with basically all of that. You could have lights around the bases indicating safer out. You could video replay everything, and you wouldn't need these dum dums out there. Umpires, to me, and God bless all you umpires and officials that volunteer at games. You're the best. Okay. But it's the it's the necessary evil of baseball. Would you be cool with the NFL taking technology to the next level? Absolutely. With things like first down. Absolutely. Sticks, Absolutely. Yard markers. Ab- keep going. Uh, Whatever you want. Play clock. All of it. All of it. All of it. Tenths of a second on the I think so. clock. That would make the most sense. I mean, okay. look what you can do in football. You can talk to the, your players up until they snap the ball. Right. I mean, come on, man. Oh, no, 15, 15 seconds. seconds. 15 yeah. seconds. Mm-hmm. Which is great because look how much the Patriots can cheat on things by using that technology. <laughs> no, man, the, the, the games are better with technology than without. I'm a firm believer in that. Okay. Firm believer. I like a little human element for some old school reason. And I can't explain exactly why. Well, there are why. some nuances in football. You got it. You got nuances, man. You got it. Technology hasn't taken over everything. And this, we stumbled into one of the nuances in football. I can see lasers on top of the field goals for the really tall ones. High Absolutely. Ones. The, supposedly, the, the the field goal post goes on forever. Uh, yes, the goal line goes around the entire earth. So why the hell don't you have laser beams sticking out from top of them so you can see if the ball went through? You don't even need the, the field goal post that high. You have two 60-year-old dudes standing underneath the goal post yeah. looking up yeah. and trying to judge a ball. I mean, technically, all you need is a bar <laughs> or a, a, a crossbar. And then lasers. Right. Uh, theoretically. Well, you wouldn't get that tong sound. love. Oh, what? Who doesn't want the tong sound? Right. But how many footballs kick go over the over the bar? And you're just like, I don't know. It's like, you know, Grandpa is standing underneath the uh, the post. He's looking up. Like, yes, that's exactly what he's doing. Like, I don't know. It's good. Here's a 60-year-old dude with failing vision. Let's ask him to look at an angle that he looks no other place in life. Yeah. And determine the the outcome yeah. of a football game. And have him look straight up. Yeah. Like he's, he's not, he can't even, his neck hasn't worked like that <laughs> since 1973. Not for Grandpa. <laughs> not for Grandpa. Or Grandma. <laughs> All right, let's catch up with uh, some Sean Payton today. Getting back to work. Guys getting healthy this week. Well, as long as they're ready to come back. Uh, but, yeah, I think that you know, with, the, with the schedule the way it is now, you, you have this week, then you have that additional week. You know, normally uh, you, you wouldn't have so... And, look, we're talking about a number of guys that are, you know, frontline starters. Hi. Right, so you had McGlinchey back today, Brandon Johnson back today, uh, Justin Simmons back today, and Manhurts back today. That's pretty cool. Bad news for Jalen Virgil. Oh, man. Meniscus, IR, surgery, the end. You know, when I heard it was meniscus yesterday, I was like, wait a second. People think he's going to be back? Meniscus? I Dude, I had meniscus. That thing hurt like hell. It to miss an entire season for a meniscus is is surgery. That's a bad meniscus tear. Uh, I don't know. I, I got my meniscus scoped and I was back on the field the next week. I had my meniscus ripped to shreds and I was you know, well, I wasn't playing in the NFL not this this time, but it hurt like hell. My ACL. I figured it out. I was I was bumping around maybe a month with a torn ACL and I was just unstable, not painful. The meniscus that ripped. And, dude, it, it was like uh, I got shot there by a sniper. <laughs> it hurt like hell. So when I heard meniscus, I, well, okay, fine. You, know, you got it scoped. You're good. 
his is on IR and he's likely done for the year. I feel yeah, bad for Jalen. So it must be a very significant meniscus tear. And he's another one of these speed guys. Yeah. <sighs> They're like Ferraris, man. They blow a rod and it takes forever for that part to come on a boat from Italy. Right? Like his whole thing is speed. KJ Hamler's whole thing is speed. Yeah. Without speed, they got nothing. Yeah. McGlinchey sprained a knee. Which I'm, which I'm sure had some damage in it, and now he's back two weeks later. Aren't these crazy? Like, it's either, like, it's just sprained, seriously. It's like seven days, mm-hmm. and you're fine, really. Or it's, you know, the end of your year. There doesn't seem to ever really be a lot of middle ground with, like, knees. It's, this is true. Either it's not bad or it's awful, and we got to go in there and fix that thing. So McGlinchey was back there today. He, he could have played if there was a game. He could have. And I'm glad he's getting reps out there. Mm-hmm. He needs them. He does need him. He's a big dude, man. Stay Massive. Stood next tall. to him today. I was like, yes. God, this dude. With his helmet and cleats on, he's like 6'10". It's crazy. But they're all big. But so what? So what? I'm looking at Jonathan Cooper today and looking at uh, Nick Benito and Frank Clark. And they're obviously not as big as the old lineman, but they're not small. They're you. They look like you. They're a little taller or your size. 6'2", mm-hmm. 6'3", gorgeous eyes. <laughs> And just able to just run around people. Killer smile. Killer smile. Dazzling teeth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that those big old linemen, man, they take one step back in their space. Yeah. Take two steps back. There's more space. space. Yeah. Pass blocking, man. It's tough. Ain't easy. Yeah. We were talking about the uh, the kid at CSU who's uh, the sumo kid. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to play story. D-line up at CSU. I, I got it. Because sumos go forward. Sumos don't go back. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so he, he may have the, 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 hands a lot too. the body type to be a offensive lineman, but the sumo training says go forward. Do not step back, young man. All right, let's talk about um, fighting and stuff at these joint practices. Yes. What's the latest there, KJ, with the uh, – it's the Eagles and somebody, right? They, they were – Kelsey. Eagles Colts. Jason Kelsey, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a big brouhaha out there. That's that was today, correct? That's that just correct. happened today. Yes. Uh-huh. Did they cancel practice? They stopped the cap. Yeah. The joint practice was called off after a brawl broke wow. out between the two teams. And Jason Kelsey took the blame afterward. Kelsey took a shot at Colts linebacker Zaire Franklin in response to a hit Franklin put on Eagles running back Kenneth Gainwell. Well, the Broncos and the Cowboys had like seven different fights at their practice and didn't call it off. Yeah. Oh, they called off the practice. Well, All is, right. This is now the thing. This joint practices are getting out of hand. The, the league is going to have to enforce some rules and some punishments around this because there's, as we talked about it yesterday, if Aaron Donald steps 15 yards off that field, crazy, right? he is going to jail for assault with a, two deadly weapons. Right. But because he was on a football field, no big deal. he's allowed to swing helmets. At everyone's peril. What, a, what an amazing world we live so in. So the NFL has to do something here. here Isn't is, he the catalyst of all of this, though? And from the standpoint nah, of... man, they've been fighting a joint yeah. practice No, 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 no not, not, not the fighting, but from the standpoint of guys feeling like they can get away with anything. I think so. Oh, well, okay. All right. It wasn't a uh, media conversation good, good point. about the disparity between that same thing during, done on a game field versus it being done during a joint practice. And on a game field, the league is going to fine you. Right. You're going to be suspended. There could even be the possibility of some legal trouble. But because it happened in practice, none of those things happen to you. So there is a bit of uh, impunity that comes with the joint practice process that the league is going to have to change. All right, let me play some. I got some uh, stuff on that. Here is um, here is uh, pain about the joint practice fighting. Yeah, I, look, I think Sean will do a great job with his team. We've had, man, my experience, and it's been – 
with the Chargers over the years. It's been with the Patriots. You know, we've, we've had a lot of good work take place without any fighting, so I don't expect that to be uh, an issue at all. Yeah, but then I brought it up to Josie Jewell, and Josie was like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> he goes like, I don't know, we'll see. He's like, I'm not making any promises. I think- and th- then I said, I said to uh, Jewell, what about, if you can, this is hard to hear, but essentially the question is, well, you know, what about the stuff of the Cowboys? I don't know, what do you think? <laughs> That's up to you. There was a little bit of uh, hustle back and forth, so... I mean, I think it's natural, just a little bit. Uh, I just try to kind of calm it down every once in a while. What do you think of the heated nature of the that? It was like, I don't know. What do you think? Whenever you get a what do you think, whenever the athletes ask questions back to you. What does that mean? It's always a little sticky. Like, are they joking around? Are they having fun? Are they mad? I mean, Josie's obviously laughing here. But I said, hey, it got pretty heated with the, uh, what do you expect it to be, you know, as heated as the Cowboys practice last year? What do you think? I thought it got out of control. I thought it was it was it was like Armageddon out there with the Broncos defense and the Cowboys offense. Armageddon feels a bit. Uh, Chad, there were seven fights in one period. In one period, but the fights never like you know they were not brawls. Randy Gregory was yelling at media members of the Cowboys. <laughs> Randy Gregory was jumping into fights. He wasn't even done healing from his injury yet. There's a Broncos player that had like his like a, like a gun pulled over his fingers, like a Dak Prescott the back of his head. I was reminded about that. I had forgotten about that one. I forgot about that. Okay, maybe you're right. I mean, I don't know. It's I'm all I'm all for. It. Let's let's have some fun. I think Josie was just being honest there, man. Like, oh. no, no promises. I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see. Sean Payton said the right thing. Josie Jewell stated the player interpretation of the right thing. Because, yeah, I'm not going out there looking for trouble, but we'll see. Yeah, we need to see what's going to happen out there. Because if it turns into that, yes, I got to have my brothers back. And we will brawl. We will take this thing down. Yeah, because like Dion said, one fights, we all fight, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's what you do. One fight, we all fight. We all got to fight. Rah, let's go crazy. He just fought. I seen two of y'all walking off over there. And you got a key teammate fight. What do they do there? No one. No one. Not what do they do there? Not no here. In one fight, we all fight. You understand that? No, I don't want to see y'all walking off with somebody's fight. Yes, sir. Never again. Oh, okay. We got a key teammate fighting. Someone else, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have his back, maybe not. But this key yeah, teammate, yeah. yes. Hey, like Kendall Hinton, he's on his own. <laughs> but but if you guys walk away from Pat Sertan, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine. Montrell, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> key teammate. But if Cortland Sutton is throwing down, you best be there. You best. Quinn Bailey, good luck. <laughs> Uh, oh, we had some fun with the belly, Quinn Miners. How do you like his game, Quinn Miners? Uh, his game is, what you, what, he's what, got a good game. I like Quinn Miners. He's, he's uh, ranked highly on Pro Football Focus, which is continuing to hone their process and get better at what they do. Um, he's thought of as one of the better guards, according to Pro Football Focus, particularly from a run-blocking standpoint. There's still some growth to his game. He's such a tremendous athlete for to be that size. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Russell yeah, Wilson's, yeah. you know, 345 all muscle, while it's laughable, 
Um, the guy is an incredible athlete to carry that size with him. And his how's he future, as a pa- how's he as a pass blocker? Uh, I would say last year he was average, but because he's played such little high-level football, he's going to be one of those guys who takes some pretty big leaps from year to year Okay, because he's getting used to the speed and the athleticism of this level of the game. But his athletic ability, he's one of the more athletic guards in the league. He walked in the door, and now he's getting technique and knowledge to go with that. Okay. How much bonding does he need to do with McGlinchey over there? How much? Uh... Oh, that's a lot of work. They need to be on the same page. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. a guy coming from a you know a slightly different scheme and McGlinchey, um, a guy who's maybe on the verge of being too big mm-hmm. versus you know Quinn who's going to you know a little bit shorter, stouter kind of guy. Their ability to work together and work the double teams that takes a lot of practice to be able to do that without talking. And so much of this offense, particularly when you run the wide zone is about that, you know, unspoken communication where both of us are attacking the defensive lineman in front of us and one of us has to decide to go and get the linebacker at some point. But who it is and when that's going to be, that is yet to be determined. And we need to be able to do that down in and down out. That takes a lot of reps to do. Uh, Quinn's got a bunch of celestial bodies like stars and planets and whatever tattooed up and down his arm. And uh, Nick Cosmider just was looking at his tattoos today and just threw this, uh, you know, Tell us about your space tattoos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love space. I've I've been into space since, like, middle school. I used to have a whole, like, thing about how to mine um, asteroids and stuff because I heard that there's a whole bunch of precious metals on them. And it's like, all right, just... I, so I love space. I got video game stuff, too. I'm, you know, a space and video game kind of nerd. But, yeah. So I asked him. I go, well... <laughs> so if you can't hear, I said, what's your favorite space movie? What's your favorite space movie? Give me a space movie you like. Aliens. Aliens. KJ, favorite space movie. Movie. Nonsense. Nonsense? Yeah. Is that a space movie? Nope. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's, that's what I think about alien movies. Oh, you just don't like... It doesn't have to be an alien movie. It could be a space There's movie. There's no aliens in could gravity. Be a, yeah, it could be Apollo 13. Sandra Bullock spun throughout the uh, you know orbits. It could be The Martian with Matt Damon up there growing potatoes out of turd. Interstellar in the bookcase. <laughs> All kind of things that happen in space that didn't involve alien beings. You know what? To answer your question, Star Wars. There you go. That's a space With aliens. Well, yeah. I don't like aliens, but I like the movie with aliens. All the movies you listed without aliens, nope, none of those. Uh, Drew, what's your favorite space movie? Let's go with Armageddon. Okay, good. Yeah, there we go. Another non-alien space movie. This guy has tattoos of, of, of planets to ask him what his favorite space movie was. Well, favorite space movie. I can't. I can't put. I can't put a finger on one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't. That's a lot. That's a big question. <laughs> it's I, if if somebody has suggested a movie, I think that would have been all the mental cue he would have needed to reference and find the right file in his head. Is that just unfair? Like, hey, he's football. This is a goofy question. You know, who cares? Certainly, who cares? Certainly, who my cares? first season doing broadcasting, I did the USC UCLA game. Yeah. Guy gets injured. Me and the play by me and the color guy are trying to you know buy some time while they're dealing with this injured player on the field. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. says, uh, "Who do you got in the Heisman chat?" <laughs> I, I had nothing. I had nothing. I had nothing. So now every game that I do, I take a sheet. And I have it all off to the side that has my top 10 favorite Heisman candidates. And I update it every single week so I can be prepared for that question to come up. It has yet to come up again. But that first time, time, if he would have said, 
anybody, any guy who was in the Heisman race, that would have been enough of a cue to me to go in the yeah, right yeah, file yeah. in my brain yeah. and get it. But at that moment, it was just so out of the blue and out of context. I didn't have anything. I think I said something ridiculous like, you know what? It really doesn't matter once you get to the NFL, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I'm doing a college game. I'm supposed to know this. I just undermined all credibility I built up for the first three quarters of this contest by blowing the easiest layup. Well, I don't mean to beat up on Quinn. He's a great guy. Right? It was just said certainly in fun and jest, and, mm-hmm. and that's all because he's got tattoos of, like, space. But do you think he'll just go back into the locker room and be like, why didn't I know a space movie? Yes. <laughs> And he's going to have them all in his head for the next two weeks. He's going to think of like 20. The next time he sees you, he's going to list them all out for you. Because he's got them. He knows Star Wars and Star Trek and yeah, all these yeah. other movies. It was yes. just one of those things. Yes. And we were all like, hey, don't worry about it. It's, it's cool. It's, it's all right. It's too much. Too much. And one last one here with Sean Payton. Um, and this is great. We can get into it a little bit more. But the level of competition out there. Now, this is tricky when you're a muggle. And you're asking questions that the coach doesn't really want to answer. So mm-hmm. here we go. I know that they run tight, but we consider there's competition between Clark and Cooper for that other side. Yeah, it's hard for you to even look at the competition and say it's Clark and Cooper because I might look at you and say, no, you, you got that wrong, but I'm not going to worry about trying to get it right for you. I think that there's competition, period, at outside linebacker. I'm not going to worry about getting that right for you. I love it. I love it, too. I love it. I was Chris Thomason, and Chris is a good dude. Uh, but Chris asks, Chris does, I like Chris. Chris asks some cool questions, for sure. He doesn't uh, mess around. But they're, they're sometimes, you know, you know, he's, he's directed to the point. Sometimes coaches and athletes actually don't like that. No. So I thought that was great. Well, I'm not, he's basically saying I'm not going to do your job for a you. A roster question like that is, is a tough one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This time of year, depth charts, no, it's. Yeah, John Payne did the right thing. Just brush him off, give him some terse answer and move now, on. Now, if Kay Adams asked him that question, uh, yeah. well, I mean, you know, he's sticking on the Gilligan hat and the sunglasses. <laughs> if uh, Jay Glazer comes to town with his schmedium um, bejeweled <laughs> pants and shirts, you know, when he strides out to the all five foot three of Jay Glazer getting out on that field. But Jay's not going to be asking questions when the muggles are there. Jay gets to sit that's down right, that's in, right, the, in that's the director's right, chairs that's right. if the one-on-one. But when the poor, pathetic, penned-in, starving muggles throw out one, well, that's what you get from Sean Payne, and I'm, I'm all for it. Because nobody walks away and doesn't defend their brethren more than muggle on muggle crime. <laughs> we have the Rams coming to town um, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But is this idea of the value of preseason in the NFL just a, a bunch of hooey? Well, we'll hear somebody and then what their take is on it. And it's, uh, it's an interesting thought. I mean, the preseason games, it's fewer and fewer guys playing. The joint practices are kind of melting down left and right. There seems to be an interesting transition going on in NFL preseason. That's next. It's The Drive on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Oh, man. What a day. What a day. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Nope. Man, I'm on a, I'm a, I'm a bike there today. and some, It's hot. You biked to Broncos practice or to here? Both. Nice. Come on now. Did you already shower? Yep, downstairs. We got one. We got yep. one of those doodads downstairs. Mm-hmm. Lock the bike up. Smooth. Maybe 12, 13. No big deal. Split it up. Ain't no thing. Were you dripping? Oh, 
<laughs> I, I drip just thinking about it. You know, you can't. Hey, I'm 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 getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm not, a, I'm not as good as I've been. I'm not as bad as I've been. I'm I'm firmly in the middle. Are you? Do you have a goal? Not really. No, not really. Not right now. Not right now. I got I got a big big goal. Big big goal after uh, 55 next year. Crazy dude. It's, Think about that. And this this goal is associated with that birthday. I kind of yeah, because it's a different division for the old participation in the triathlon uh, realm. Oh, okay, so it's it's a triathlon thing. Yeah, I want to do a half. I want to do the Boulder half triathlon. Because okay. you you were you were doing the marathon thing for a while. Marathon almost killed me. But yeah, I did, I did ten of them. So okay. it's not like I didn't do them. I did All right. them. All right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kill myself doing them. <laughs> Can't move. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, the big one is the uh, Boulder half try, uh, a half Ironman, half Ironman. Mm-hmm. But I got a I got a lot that like next year, not this one. I think it's already happened or coming up. I mean, like I I need a year, and I, I'd be lucky to hit that. Me and Greg Penner, we're gonna be buddies, be triathlon buddies. Nice. Yeah, he's in really good shape. I'm sure he gets way better yeah. supplements than you do. Oh my god, that dude. I got, I got a little man crush there on that good old Greg Penner dude. <laughs> it's kind of a nice guy. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, I'm kind of joking, but, you know, Greg it's like. Penner a, is hot. Yeah, Mike Cliss. <laughs> you know it. Don't you know it? We'll see. That's going to take a lot of work. It's good that I say is it, it out loud. billions, though. or is it just, if you just met Greg Penner in the line I like, at I, Safeway? I would like Greg Penner. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's in shape. He probably does triathlon. Yeah, well. I like this guy. And he does. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's a nice guy. And then he pulls out his food stamps, and you're like, ah, uh, not well, so much. Well. Now, but you, now that you know he's got billions and billions. They would be his food stamps from Walmart, so, you know, he could do that, I guess. Right. okay. No, I think he's just a nice dude. I've, I've had a couple of little interactions with him. Nothing nothing deep, but I think he's a good guy. Um, I think he's going to sell the team for about $20 billion in about 10 years. I don't think they're ever going to build uh, a new stadium, not with him. But I think the value of these teams is just going to go skyrocketing. Saw one of his kids today out there with his uh, lovely wife and had one of the daughters out there. And, um, you know, they're just a really well, if you look into their family, super well-balanced. Kids are all athletes. Uh, water polo seems to be the, the sport of choice for the family. They live in the fanciest area of Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Know, know it well. My son played baseball games out there near Kenyatta College, mm-hmm. Woodside, mm-hmm. to be specific. Yep. And just seems like a good dude. Good dude. But I just don't know where building a new stadium comes in the mix for, for that. Why, why, why do it? Why bother with it? When you can just keep improving the footprint you already have for the players at Dove Valley, which I think they will do. They're not cheap. And you can do all sorts of new things to the stadium just to keep it going. I heard uh, the Zoakley show say that the stadium was ranked ninth. Ninth by the writers of The Athletic in terms of best overall stadiums in the country. Ninth. That's amazing. One of the voters had it in their top five, I believe. That's awesome, man. That's that's cool. And they deserve a lot of credit for putting time, energy, and money into the stadium. From 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 everything I can gather from people that go to games, it's uh, once you get there and you get inside, we're not a great tailgating market. We're not. We just don't have the land and space and the flatness that you actually need for really, really great tailgating. Buffalo. Buffalo's one. Uh, Green Bay is kind of like that, even though it's in a neighborhood. You need you kind of for that great, great tailgating. You need that kind of insane, flat, wide open parking lot area. You can take a golf cart around everywhere. KC. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. I've never been there, but yeah, never been to KC. Yeah, I would guess the tailgating kind of sucks at SoFi. 
You know, the tailgating's pretty weak out at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Yeah. This, just don't. But those are two of the top three stadiums. Right, because yes. who gives a crap about tailgating at those places? You're in L.A. and you're in Vegas. SoFi, Allegiant, Jerry's World, top three. Yeah, who gives a, a, a rat's patootie about, you know, grilling a hot dog on the back of your Honda when you're, you're outside of the New York, New York? which is what you walk through to get to Allegiant Stadium and over a bridge. Right. Into one of the most amazing places I've ever seen in my life for a sporting event. But this is this is where we're going with um, stadiums and owners. And Well, what do you hope happens? What do you hope happens with the stadium? Uh, I like the location of the stadium. I do, too. I think the best A stadiums, lot of people do. I think the best stadiums are in a location similar to this where a majority of the city's population drives by it every day, if not at least every week. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about moving out to the airport, now that's a whole different feel out there. It doesn't, it's not woven into the fabric of the city. When you come through the tunnel in Pittsburgh and you see the stadium, that's an amazing thing. When you're driving down the highway in Seattle and you see the stadium, this is part of our city. This is is who we are. It helps you with the identity of it all. And once you move out to some, you know, business park or airport area, it changes the the feeling too much where I don't like that. So I like the location. Could the stadium be improved? Uh, I think there's no argument it could be, um, but it's a fine stadium, at least for the foreseeable future. Pretty damn good, though, right, yeah. overall? Mm-hmm. How was that uh, alumni luxury box there at the stadium that you passed by? Very nice. Yeah, man. The broadcast booths, they're nice. Press box. Good. It's great. Massive. Uh, it's, yeah. It's Team Store, they've expanded. The, the video board got bigger, much bigger, that we'll all see here relatively soon. Uh, multi-use stadium for other events. Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, some sort of Invictus sort of, I don't know what they were. Illenium. 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 I don't know. And there's designs if they wanted to. They can roof it. I've seen it. I know they have plans. They know how to do it if they wanted to. What they don't have is a great um, location just near, like, stuff, hotels and bars and restaurants, although it's not far away. You know, it's right down the road, right. it's not, but it's not, like, right there. It's not Indy. Uh, no, Indy's pretty Indy's amazing awesome. like that. Yeah. But, like, you know, Jersey's the worst, man. Out yeah. there in the Meadowlands, that it's place terrible. sucks. It's far. It's terrible. Close to nothing. What they did with... Um, why Gillette? Is it still Gillette there or whatever Foxborough? I'm looking. For whatever the hell the name is. The name is. They yeah. actually built a, a fake little town around it. Yeah. So they did that because that's in the middle of nowhere. That's a crap little hole Route right there. One. Yeah, near Great Woods Music Hall in Mansfield. Gillette Stadium in the same uh, athletic pole where the Broncos were in the ninth stadium. Gillette Stadium is 21st. Yeah, because it's who wants to go there? Mm-hmm. It's in a terrible location. So I'm, I'm, I'm more with you than ever. I'm kind of anti-new stadium, not because I think it's a bad thing. I just think it's a waste of time because they can get everything they need to out of where they are right now. And I don't think you have to be defined by a Super Bowl. And if you want to put some sort of roof on top of it, go for it. But you don't have to. None of us are demanding it or asking for it. I think people here in Colorado, for the most part, love the fact it's outside. We'll bundle up. Mm-hmm. We're used to it. No big deal. The only time that I can remember it really costing the Broncos, Chad, was that double overtime playoff game against the Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, yeah, that was that. That's kind of it. That's the only recollection I have of where things 
went against the Broncos with the weather. How did that favor the Ravens over the Broncos? Because Manning had the problems in his hands mm. and his numbness, and he had to wear two gloves, and Flacco was just... <laughs> Flacco's out there without a glove, and that was one of the coldest games of all time in Broncos history. And, and one of the Flacco... Flacco had a great year that year. He had a tremendous year. And he's just a bigger dude with big hands, and like the cold just did not Where did impact him the same way. Where did he go to school in the East Coast? Cold he's, area? Uh, he's a, he's a uh, Delaware, yeah, yeah, so Delaware cold, guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the things Joe's got going for him. Yeah. Plus, like, five kids under six years of age, which was another, like, one of the strangest anomalies of all time. You hear Mike Evans taking some shots at me? No. He can't leave Tebow alone. Can you believe that after all these years? uh, I think the documentary on the Florida Gators is tonight. It launches. How good does that look? On Netflix. I am so fired. Yeah. Urban Meyer, Hernandez. Are you kidding me? Brandon Spikes, Tebow. It's going to be tremendous. Are you kidding me? I saw the quote of Brandon Spikes. He said they used to uh, tease Tebow and chase him around the locker room with pictures of naked women. And Tebow would run from it. (laughs) Yes. Still married, though, isn't he? I think so. Is he still married? KJ, wait. Are you still... I'm still married. Uh, we'll, hear t- we'll hear Mike obsessed about TiVo coming up next. It's The Drive on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. Gave me a hard time about getting too much into the music earlier. Now you're in here dancing. Hola, hola, eh. Everybody knows this one. Did you watch House Party? Of course. With Kid and Play? Of course. What was Martin Lawrence's name in the movie? Falau. He was the DJ. No, I don't know that. It was resting. That was a joke. Um, what is wrong with Mike Evans? He likes to stir up trouble with you, my man. Yeah, he, he didn't like our um, promo from yesterday, yeah. Well, what I said was, just, I didn't even think this was an insult. <laughs> That's how you know it's an insult. <laughs> I said with Russ, look at look at what Russ is doing. Look at the targets of Judy and Cortland Sutton in the last game, which were like nothing. Okay? Look at that. There was a cool, somebody sent it to me, and I'm sorry, I forget your name. My bad. But they sent me a heat map of Russell Wilson's passes over the past, uh, uh, like, four years before he got to the Broncos. And it's that area, man, like, right in the middle. He just, he can't, he can't, he just can't get the ball there. It's just not consistent for him. It's hard to see. Hard to see. It's not like he can't make a throw every once in a while, but just, it's not where he feels super comfortable with. So what are we looking at, man? And then you see Russ running around. Ran four different times. Four times in one drive. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he's running. I think you have to run. And so I said, what you got here, I think with Russ this year, with the emphasis, Chad, on running the ball, correct? Mm -hmm. An offensive line that is better suited to run block than pass block. Correct. Correct. Okay. Wide receivers that probably aren't going to get as many targets as they they would like, like Demarius Thomas and Decker, correct? Correct. Okay. But a better quarterback. You have a better Tebow. You've got a better Tebow. And I'm the one that said, hey, listen, you can win with Tebow if 
you center everything around him, and you got to win a lot of close games. I do remember the seven-year manifesto. That's right. That's right. And everybody laughed at me. And I still laugh. Pshaw, and that's well, not going to work. I still laugh. Well, this is exactly this. You realize this is exactly what they're doing. They're right. trying to win with a better version of Tebow. I keep hearing people say, "Oh, the old Russ is back." The old Russ. I go, no, 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 no. It's not the old Russ is back. It's a it's a better Tebow that you're trying to win with. It's a better Tebow. It doesn't that doesn't hit the ear well. I know people are thrown off by it, but what did Tebow do? He won games. He won the AFC West. He won a playoff game. And he just wasn't really, you know, he wasn't going to win a championship. He wasn't. But you got a better Tebow. And with the right defense and a great running attack and a quarterback that's going to move around because he lost that magical freshman 15, mm-hmm. you got a better Tebow. How is this an insult? Why is this? Because I'm invoking the name Tebow? Because I'm Tebow, just saying Tebow? That's yes, why? Yeah. It, Tebow produces an instant reaction why? to people. And for most football people, it is a guy who was a failed quarterback. So to lump Russell Wilson in that category, you're going to get some pushback with that. I, I, you're, you would have a better chance of driving this narrative forward if you put a different name to it. Because essentially, you're looking at your quarterback's skill set and you're trying to put him in the best position possible to be successful and armor with the teammates that will allow him to do that. So that's a concept that has been used in the NFL far before John Fox did it with Tebow. Right, well, but it's certainly, you know, here locally, the Tebow effect happened that way. I, I, I remember that Tebow time pretty fondly. I mean, heck, Mike got a tattoo. He liked it so much. Comparing Tim Tebow to Russell Wilson is an absolute insult to Russ. Absolute insult. Russ, Russ Wilson is a... Multi, multi-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, uh, has thrown for over 300 touchdowns in his career. Please, please, do not, do not insult Russell Wilson by comparing him to a fluke. Wow. First of all. You see what you did there? Well, first of all, I didn't realize we're doing Lifetime Achievement Awards here, Chad and KJ. Is that what we're doing? I didn't, Chad, I'm sorry. I didn't realize we were looking at this season like a Lifetime Achievement Award. That's what I heard Mike say. Don't compare him to you know you know all this like we're having the the rubber chicken dinner. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. The, but I, I thought we were just talking about this year. I thought that's what I was talking about. I, I don't know about all that fancy stuff Mike's talking about about Super Bowl championships and Hall of Fame this and that and you know the fluke that was Tim Tebow. In fact, if he says fluke, he's insinuating something good, right? You can't have a fluke if positive things did not happen. Correct. Sometimes there's bad flukes. Fluky thing happens. There's a bad fluke? Yeah. Well, a bad fluke would only happen to somebody who's good, and then bad things happen too. With Tebow, with what Mike's saying is it was a fluke because you can't deny winning record as a starter, AFC West champion, uh, playoff winner. But there was just so many fluky things that happened to the other teams negatively and positively for, for the Tebow-led Broncos that allow that winning record in the AFC West Championship to happen. My kid um, is, <laughs> you should see the classes he's taken. You better get A's. And one of them is some sort of sports. You, you talked to me about this, yeah. Yeah, emotional contagion. Mm-hmm. Let me say you, man, emotional contagion. There's a Tebow. Something to be said for that. Uh, there's guys on the team. Orlando's one of them that said, I don't know how we're doing it, but we believe it's going to happen. We believe we're going to win. We believe that something positive can happen. 
What do you think the emotional contagion was with the Broncos and Russell Wilson last year? It was awful. Yeah, man. So to say somebody is a good Tebow is to say the positive things as well. That there's an emotional contagion of positivity plus better quarterback play. It's a better Tebow, Chad, not a worse one. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how in the world being compared to a better Tebow for what you can do positively on the field this year is an insult. I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from, but I'm also understanding where people could hear that and go, come on, man. No. To compare the two is is denying Russell Wilson's can, previous greatness. But hold on. Can you not see the similarities in their personalities? Yeah. Am, am, I, am I the only one? I see it. That, that, that has seen it and can hear it? And, I'm, and what You cannot see the comparisons in their personalities. I'm not Mike Evans. Thank I'm, God. I'm, I am Chad Brown. Far more handsome. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and I don't have sausage fingers. I thought Mark was joking, so I did a morning show with Mike, and no, I was like, really they ridiculous. really are sausage fingers. I don't know what contagion he has. <laughs> but I'm not arguing because I'm Mike Evans. I'm just arguing there are folks out there who can hear that and it not land well with them. Because Russell Wilson was on a Hall of Fame path. Tim Tebow outside the University of Florida is not going to be in a Hall of oh, Fame. Oh, I said a good Tebow. I right. mean, I'm admitting there were flaws with Tebow's game, obviously. Tebow washed out as an NFL quarterback with multiple teams. It's more I than a good it. Tebow. I get it. But this, well, we don't know where Russ is right now. What the hell was Russ last year? I mean, he wasn't even a bad Tebow. He was there. I don't know what you think Russ was last year. He was bad. Well, who the hell would you even compare him to? Somebody not very good. No, washed up. It's like, you know, who's your favorite washed up quarterback out there? I mean, that's what he looked like last year. We'll give you the update with what's going on today. But listen, what I'm saying is a very positive thing. The fact that it's uh, attracting negative attention from Mike, well, I'd say that's a Mike problem. Mike drop. Football four next.